Starting and sustaining a business is hard. Whether you're just beginning or have been at it for a while and need a pick-me-up, you're about to get exactly what you need. Welcome to Go For It. Your host is Joe Hausman. Today, you'll hear stories from others on how to keep going and laugh while you learn. Here is your host, Joe Hausman. Hello and welcome to Go For It. This is Joe. Thank you so much for listening today. But you know what? Also listening this week, this month, this year, and all the years that I've had this show, I so appreciate each and every one of you. And you know what? So grateful for all of you as well. And thank you for your text messages, your phone calls, your emails. It is truly my honor to bring on these awesome guests like I do every week. And of course, today is no different. But I want to be able to help enlighten us and grow us as individuals and also as business owners and really put some more thought and content into your life to maybe think a little bit outside the box a little bit, right? To maybe start thinking that, There's something different and something more out there for you. I want you to have that aha moment. You know, if any of these shows, you know, bring you that aha moment, definitely let me know about it. And that is such a blessing that I'm able to give back to you as my listener. But as you know, I'm your go for it business strategist. I'm also a real estate investor, speaker, and best-selling author. I help you grow your business and life through the art of mentoring and coaching. And if you're in need of a speaker for your next event, you can go to joehosman.com for more information about me and also about this show and any upcoming events I have. You can also purchase my book there as well. And so when you're there, I do have a free download for you called The Power of a Positive Mindset. All you got to do is pop in your email and that download is all yours. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to introduce my fantastic guest today. So his name is Billy Brown. Billy and I met, oh, it's probably six months or so ago. We're affiliated with the Real Estate um, Guys Radio and Billy is a successful investor. He's a syndicator, commercial lending authority and is a CCIM candidate. He and his wife own and sold several investment properties in the area. They recently syndicated their first 82-unit apartment complex in Lexington, Kentucky, and acquired a triple net lease complex in Wisconsin, which, of course, is near and dear to my heart because I'm in the Midwest, although I'm not in Wisconsin, but I'm near and dear to that. Uh, He's also a sponsor and speaker of Seth Mosley's local real estate meetup. Now, he also is a commercial real estate. His tagline, sorry, is lender that can make you money. Well, because he's a commercial loan broker, right? And he also likes to find that lazy equity, which I cannot wait for him to explain more about that, which will come up later in the show. But Billy Ron, welcome to Go For It. Joe, great to be on your show. Uh, first time live on the radio, and, and so uh, so glad it's uh, you're the first one. Uh, you're such a I've uh, been a good friend since we met, and uh, anything I do to help you out and, and help uh, encourage and, and and help those listeners grow and, and their investments and just uh, get out there and go do it. That's right. Go for it, as I say, as the name of my business is Go For It. So thank you, Billy, for coming on. You know, the one thing I love about live radio is, <clears throat> well, first of all, it's live. So people can call in with questions, and I always shout out the number, and that is one eight six six. Four seven two five seven eight eight. If you do have questions during this live show, but Billy, talk to us a little bit about how you got into this area of work. Because seems like we've all kind of had something else we've done, and then we've got into this. Or is this something you've done your whole adult life? Well, the the long story will be uh, held out for uh, another time. But I was actually in residential lending. 
back in 2010, it found it very frustrating because there's no creativity there. It's like you either fit in the box or you don't. And then I've always been passionate about passive investing. I didn't really know much about real estate investing, but I was like, I was like, like passivity, uh, whether it be stock market or something like that. Some kind of annuity where I put work in and then pay myself back. I didn't really know much about how that all worked until I started growing in my network and growing my knowledge. Long story short, from a, a local real estate meetup, we found a mentor that showed us how to house hack. Um, we went from a single family house into a, a duplex and that you know, allowed us to live uh, basically mortgage free. And then through that, we started uh, trying to find um, uh, funding for these projects and I couldn't find it through the residential world and I found commercial lending and also alternative commercial lending. And that's how I found my uh, former employer who um, kind of opened me up to that, that world. And now I'm on my own, but uh, I've always been a connector. So I always love solving problems and connecting uh, people to, you know, people to solutions. And you know, for me, it's just been quite the solution is, is, uh, is money uh, for their investment projects. And that's, that's fun. Uh, be able to solve that problem and give them, give them that aha moment of like, Oh, it's uh, if you find the right tool, it actually makes a lot of sense. And it's really, really easy. It does. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you find the right tool, it makes it a lot easier. Sometimes if you're like me, you've kind of gone all which way. It seems like the road is really windy. And then you finally find it. You're like, oh, there it is. It's just that aha moment, like like you said and I said. But also, I used to do um, residential mortgages. And I found that very frustrating as well. I've also been property management. I've done mortgages. And I've done real estate. So I've a realtor. So I've kind of done the whole gamut of it all. But yes, I'm like you. I found that real estate mortgage was uh, frustrating. So good for you for going out on your own. Now you have your own business. So tell us a little bit about what yes, you do in your own great. business. Yeah, so, so my tagline, and, and I've been working with Kyle on this, is a lender that can make you money, basically because if you're in this world of real estate investing, the last thing you need is an order taker. And most lenders that are out there through a bank, what I call depository institutions or Anywhere else, um, don't own their own, uh, don't own their rental properties. They will mm-hmm. sell products to help with rental properties, but they actually aren't in there mixing it up and doing, doing their own thing. And that's a large source of our income is is the uh, in the investor world. So we're out there mixing it up. We look at deals every day on our own to go do. Uh, I've got one that I'm working on. Um, uh, my other background is golf. That uh, you, you were on that call, uh, so you know what mm-hmm. that is. Can't tell everybody, but yep. uh, that was Nick's uh, not working out. We're further down the road on that, but uh, we're up to mixing it up. I'm just an order taker. So when people send me, it kind of be like, "Hey, I need lending for this." It's not a, "Oh, well, let me pull up my rate sheet here and here's what it is." I actually look at it from the investor's eyes first, going, "Well, why are you buying this? What's the exit um, strategy? And how are you setting up as far as returns for investors? Are you doing this on your own?" and start asking those questions to make sure that they actually know what time of returns they're actually going to get versus just, oh, yeah, we'll do an application with us, and it's uh, these race, these terms, and I'll send it to my underwriter, and we'll get you a decision in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not what people want in today's day and age. There's no, there's very few cut-and-dry deals. So you've got to look through it and actually analyze it a little bit deeper. Not only from a lending standpoint, will a lender feel safe taking the risk on you and the project, but as an investor, you're going, yeah, they might take the risk on the thing, and it may sound good, but here's the other things that you're not, you don't know that I know because I'm in the mix and it's going to save you money. And a lot of times, the, the, the saving, you know, making you money thing is you're actually not going to buy the deal. 
Um, I, I do that all the time, talking to people that are like refinancing a deal or buying a deal. You're going, yeah, I know I just cost myself a commission, but I just saved you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a lot of frustration, it's like cut your losses and go, or don't even like mess with this thing because it's not worth it. You know, you're, it's going to be completely frustrating to you. Well, and that's what makes you stand out from other because a lot of mortgage people would just take it and run with it. But that's what makes you stand out because you're going to be honest with people. But the best thing I like about it is, you know, planning. What's your exit strategy? What do you plan on doing with this? Sitting down with them and really figuring out their business plan, because a lot of times, and same thing with me is if I start something, I'm one of those that like to jump in and then figure it out later, whereas it's probably best for me to, on some episodes to step back and really you know, plan <laughs> out things. And I'm really, and I, I noticed that about myself. So when somebody comes to me, like you just said, and you, you, know, you figure out plans, that is like gold to my ears because <laughs> I don't always am good about that. So when you, t- when you say you talk about an exit strategy, because anything when you get into a mortgage or you get into an uh, asset, right, you want to figure out what you're yep. going to keep it five years, you're going to keep it 10, 20, what's your, what's your end goal? So when you talk to people about that, what, what do people usually say? Do they say, oh, I don't know, I, you know, I just plan on having it, or do they actually have a goal in mind? Well, it just depends on the level of sophistication of, of the of the client that I have. It, well, and even some of the people of the professional syndicators, you know, I'll I'll look at their 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 offering and and, and ask them quite honestly, going, you're showing these projections and you're showing this prospect, yet you're not factoring in a lot of things here, and your whatever rate of return is going to be is actually going to be less than that because. I, Guess what? I've done this before, and you know, I know these guys have done it before. But like, if you factor that in, what's your what's reality? Um, mm-hmm. And then you're probably going to be five, six, seven years down the road before you actually see substantial returns for yourself. You actually want a real job, and because a lot of these things. In fact, I saw one here in Nashville that was like a really good property, and I asked them what their structure was going to be. It was going to be. Um, uh, 10% ownership for the general partnership and 90% ownership for the passive investors. And I went, wow, you guys want a job. And they weren't paying themselves anything. So you guys are going to work for free? And, of course, they didn't email me back because most of those structures, you, you've got to pay yourself as far as you, when you do an acquisition fee and, and all that. And they were raising that's capital. They, it was it was going to implode. And, oh, and they're... Um, you get all this stuff. You know, of course, Mauricio rules the, the the formless expert on the uh, syndication. Love him. He is, he is so fantastic. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, they were like, I asked, like, what kind of uh, SEC exemption are you filing for? And it was just crickets. And then someone said, Oh, it's a it's a friends and family. I was like, Oh, okay. So if I look this up on your social media, I thought your social media is just going to be posted out there. Crickets. Yep. And then I you was going to say, into, I bet that was major uh, crickets. Uh, yeah, and then you go, well, okay, so you've already got a bank lender on this thing, and you've got an SEC exemption. Are your uh, limited partners okay with recourse debt? Because you're not going to get non-recourse debt using a bank lender. Just things like that you just don't even think of going, well, we've, we've been down that road and you know how to go do it. Where else would be like, yeah, okay, we can go do that. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, we'll you know we'll, we'll set that up and go and just take, the, take it and go on. I'd rather blow up a deal for them and save them all money and they pissed off at me. Let's say by radio, but you know, be mad right. at you. Like, hey, it's you know, true radio. Uh, 
Exactly. He's like, I'd rather somebody be mad at me for like, you know, questioning them and, and so we don't should do them. I was like, yeah, well, I've done a few of these things um, and, and protect everyone, investors, winners, all that versus going down the road. And, and then, you know, you know what hits the fan. But same thing on, on the smaller people that are trying to go bigger. We were all been there. I mean, I, I appreciate this because we were, we had to have help ourselves. It's not like we, I just came out of the loom and knew this. You, I'm like you, Joe. I was like, I'm going to jump in and figure it out, but I'm asking a lot of questions, asking for help. And there's the lender, and it's another thing I tell people, the lender's your friend, especially the right one. They're going to be able to shoot you straight and go, hey, what, what kind of questions am I not asking here that I should be asking? Because they'll know some of the stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, you didn't ask about this, this, and this. Here's the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the people are trying to step up in the, into the next level of investing, you know, there's, well, even now, there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns. Like, well, how do I go do that? You know, how do we can actually go do this? And they're, they're thinking like, Oh yeah, I can get a hundred percent financing on a portfolio of rental properties. No, it, it, it costs money. You have to have a down payment. Oh, and you got to have reserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and a lot of people don't know uh, that, like you said, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they come to you and thankfully you're honest with them because when I was even doing residential mortgage, I always said, hey, we got to check your credit first. We got it. And I know commercial is different than that. But and I had more people thank me because I took the time to sit down with them and really work it out like what they or if their credit wasn't so great. Again, I know totally different, but it's the time you're taking with them and like you would rather blow up Mm -hmm. a deal than, you know, feed them BS. And that is one great thing about you, Billy, is you're able to do that. And, you know, people will respect you for that, too. Because they don't want to lose money, even though they think they'd rather go after the deal. But you're like, no, you're going to lose money. And that is that is powerful. It really, truly is. Yeah. Yeah. And, I'll, and, um, and the, the funny thing is, not the funny thing, but the, the thing people need to realize is the lender is going to underwrite the deal different mm-hmm. than the investor. Mm-hmm. And again, especially now, they're going to factor in, there's, there's usually some standards in there depending on which type of lenders you do as far as your vacancy rate and your property management fees. Even though you're thinking you're getting like, oh, yeah, I've got a property manager. Oh, I'll manage this thing for free. Well, the, as you're taking this next level up, you've got to be professional. You're creating a business that, that yeah. the lenders want to go lend on. And that just – if you're doing it yourself, you're not a business. Right. You're a solopreneur and you're, you're one broken ankle away from being unemployed and – that's, you know, awful for a lender. You don't want to, have to take a risk on that. You want to see somebody as a team, and a team includes your first one, as you know, profit manager. Yep. That's the, uh, you know, the, probably the most important roles. I had Robert Helms on my show two and a half years ago. Actually, he was the first one from the real estate guys. But he said, you know, he talks about property manager, and he's like, everyone should have a property manager. And I'm like, so true. I know somebody that owns 75 rentals and does them all themselves. I go, mm-hmm. you, so I was talking to him one night at 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, and they were getting all kinds of phone calls about water yeah. and, you know, bed bugs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would so have a property manager all over all of that, that because that's what they're there for. It, it's an amazing mindset, and everybody knows the, and I grew up in a small town, everyone knows the guys that are like, you know, they're the doctors at home, which rental properties, and they just kind of do themselves on the side, and. And that's how you made money, see, that you thought that was the model. And then you go do it, and I've done it. And in fact, I recommend people having at least one real property without a property manager for about 15 minutes. 
And then you'll figure <laughs> out real quick, you should hire professionals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, you know, we always thought that like, if you, you know, you do it on your own. That's a, you're, you know, we're Americans. We're Midwest. I grew up in Oklahoma. That's what you do. You go work and work and work and work and work. And, you know, it's lazy to go spend money from somebody else that's wasting money to go hire someone else when I can go do it myself. They're like, no, these guys are professionals. You want to go pull your own teeth tooth, or do your own, you know, tooth extraction. Mm-hmm. You're going to go hire a professional to go do that. It's worth the, the money because it's less painful. They've done it many, many, many times before. Same thing with the property managers. Let them go do it. They're going to get a much better response rate, have better quality tenants, better process in place because they're professionals. Hire that out, and then you, as an investor, your job is to go buy more investment properties, period. That's it. And, and you know, so that property manager is designed to go, yeah. Yeah, their property managers are designed to manage that property. I will tell you, um, mm-hmm. when I was property manager, I mean, I remember having to kick people out, being, you know, getting them evicted, all that, or problems with other things that come up. And I did it for like three years, which was fine. And thankfully, I was able to work from home, which was even better. But now I have a friend who's a property manager, and she's one tough cookie. And she's good. And so I'm like, yep. you know, you're going to be my property ma- Most of my property here isn't within like this county. So she can't do it because it's not local. But I did learn that also when I owned a mini storage. What was happening is for me... After I'd owned it for a while, which I was pretty tough when I first got it, but after a while, I kind of got slack on it, and mm-hmm. I know I know that about myself, so that's why I always, always, always will always hire a property manager, no matter what, because they're not going to get slack, and if they get slack, then you fire them and go on to somebody else. And uh, Billy, we only have about one minute until break, so when we come back after break, we got lots more to talk about with you, Billy. Uh, such great information that he is sharing about... Um, commercial uh, loan brokerage, and and if this is new to you, definitely you know call in and ask questions, or else email me like you guys do, Joe at JoeHosman.com, and I can always pass those on to Billy. And Billy's website is BillyBrown.me. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit johosman.com. If you are looking for a dynamic speaker for your organization or event, I would love to speak at your venue. Hi, I'm Joe Hosman, the host of Go For It on Voice America. My topics range from starting your own virtual assistant business to living a triumphant life. Right now, one of my most popular topics is from my Women Empowerment series about support for today's women-built businesses and women in leadership. Visit my website, johosman.com, or call 605-941-7969 for more information. Again, 
That's joehosman.com or 605-941-7969. Are you tired of being just the status quo? Are you tired of not earning what you are worth? Most of my clients have fear to blame for that. Overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self. As one of my clients says, Joe, you are a shining light in a dark world. Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at joehosman.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now, back to Go For It. Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe with my wonderful guest, Billy Brown. We are talking about a lot of great things with commercial real estate uh, investing. So commercial real estate investing. Maybe some things you've heard before. Maybe you haven't heard before. Maybe this is all new to you. And I certainly don't want to leave you out if this is new to you. So we're going to talk about now. And uh, I normally during this show, I like to keep it evergreen. But with everything that's going on in the world, and right now why we're t- uh, on this live radio show, you know it's a pandemic of the coronavirus going on. So we're not really going to get into that right now, but what we are going to talk about, since Billy is a connector and a problem solver, maybe getting into the art of buying a rental property versus paper assets, i.e. stock market, those type of things. So when crisis like this comes up, like it did in 2008, 2009, just know that there's always, you know, it's going to get better, but it takes some time. So Billy, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, since you're a problem solver and connector, Buying real estate versus the paper assets, like, because I have so many friends that are not happy right now with the stock market. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I can't talk about the stock market. You just kind of watch what's going on there. It it goes up, it goes down. And right now it's mainly, it's mainly now. You don't have any control over it. Right. Um, So there may be some people out there that are looking, I need something more solid for my investments because you've taken a bath the last you know, last week or so, and, and out of your no, nothing out of your own power can stop it. So this is what happened in 2008, 2009. People saw some, you know, opportunities to get out, you know, get liquid cash. They know there's going to be some deals in real estate. Now, how do you go do that? First thing is you got to know is it's all on the buy. You cannot finance your way out of overpaying, Period. Doesn't matter what asset it is, you can't pay too much for for a property, especially as an investment. An investment is a passive return. We're not talking like a fix and flip. Uh, in fact, if you're fix and flipping right now, I tell you to stop and just uh, sell what you got and move on. It's going to be pretty rough the next uh, probably three or four months. We're talking passive, long term investing here. The other thing to know is lending, like I said, as a tool, is dependent upon the asset. So was a mobile home park, was a commercial office space, where it's a apartment building, a single-family rental, or a portfolio rental. Each one of those has its own lending parameters, 
and criteria, but the biggest thing is it has to produce cash passively after expenses, meaning after you factor in vacancies, after you factor in property management, we just talked about, you factor in taxes, insurance, everything else associated to the property, capex, reserves, all that, that's, uh, it boils down to a, a number called net operating income. That number has to be greater than a mortgage payment by a factor of 25%. Oh, that's uh, right 25%. now, well, depending on the asset. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's called your debt servicing coverage ratio, DSDR. If you've never heard that, look it up. Um, I'd be happy to, happy to educate people on my, my weekly newsletter on, on all this. But in essence, after all expenses, you still have 25% above the mortgage payment for profit. That's what you want. That way you have a little reserves there in case something happens, and we're seeing that right now. No matter what asset class you think, oh, whether it's paper or even, even real estate, it's going to be some, some pain here pretty quickly. So the people that are want to get into the, the, um, the real estate world is, you know, pick something that, that makes sense to you, how much time you have to go do this, and what's your expertise. If you're a doctor, you probably don't want to buy single-family homes. You probably want to go into office space, medical, stick with what you know, um, and you don't want to self-manage a mobile home park. So know what you want to do and how much time that you have to go investigate this and then learn. Don't just jump on anything right now. Now, I want to give you guys an example of what we're seeing right now for preparing people for what's about to happen. And, and I'm not going to go into my you know, tinfoil wearing hat and stuff as far as what I think is going to happen. But let's just watch this thing play out with people not being able to work there's, unless there's a major step in from the federal government and, and stopping all foreclosures in probably 90, 120 days with people not working there's going to be some foreclosures because we know most Americans don't have, you know, have a thousand dollars in savings and most of their savings is actually in the 401ks. And you saw what just happened there. Now, if you're one of those people who wants to buy a rental property, it's pretty simple right now. And there's a lot of, a lot of loans out there. There's bank loans as you put under credit union or community bank. There's the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac world. And then there's the non-bank stuff. Now, it just depends on which one you want to go with uh, to be able to go do that. We're probably looking to 20 to 25% down, depending on, you know, where you're at on your credit and all that and, and, the, and the, the property. But that's a, that's a start. So, again, factor on all expenses. There you go. Start with the property manager first saying, hey, I'm thinking about buying a real property. Here's how much cash I have. And then go. You also need to have ample reserves. I was normally saying like five to six months of payments and reserves, and I think now it's probably numbers are going to be higher with what just happened. Uh, you're going to have more, more reserves. So it's not that hard to go buy a rental property. I would say go start with a property manager first that you know and trust and ask them, hey, what are you seeing as far as opportunities? And a lot of them actually have some stuff off market. Like, hey, I've got some guys over here that are looking to, to sell some properties. I'm not going to get into like the, the fixed to rent stuff where you're like, hey, it's an ugly house. You can fix it up and rent it and then refinance it. That's a little too above, you know, a depth yeah. conversation right now. But um, right. Yep. we can we can talk about that another. But I do want to tell you, uh, talk to the listeners out there that have. We're very smart. We're lucky, depending how you, how you view yourself. Uh, post 2008, 2009, I picked up a bunch of rental properties and are sitting on eight, nine, 10, 12, 20 of these properties, they may have gotten through a bank loan, they may have gone through, you know, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they may want to go buy more because they're feeling there's going to be some deals on the table, but all their 
cash and equity are in the properties. That's a big um, I say a problem, but a, it's, a, it's a good problem. Equity goes up and down, as we know. Um, now's the time to go harvest that equity. One foreclosure next to your rental property destroys your equity immediately because that's a comparable sale, and that affects your, your – now, it's not going to eliminate all of it, but it's going to eliminate some of it. It's going to hit your hit your, um, your your equity. Now's the time to go harvest the, this equity. I've been talking about this for about a year, and I call it lazy equity. The equity is just sitting in the walls. And you can't access it because of whatever reason. I have lenders out there that um, will do a portfolio refinance across all the properties. You know, you meet minimum requirements as far as loan amount and all that. But there's really no maximum. Uh, if you have a half million dollar loan or above, they will do typically do a non-recourse or limited recourse loan. There's 30 year amortized loans, and they'll give 75 to 80 percent of the of the loan amount. And they will um, not be reporting a personal credit. Mm. They don't need tax returns, anything like that. So it's a lower threshold to get in. The, the property, the assets, are what they're, they're lending on, not you and how, your ability to subsidize that with your own income. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is a lot of response to that because the, the, the two most powerful things were going to come out of this, res- I'm not going to call it a recession, whatever we're going to call this, is there's going to be deals. And if you don't have liquidity and if you don't have the ability to borrow, you're way behind the gun. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're going to miss out on some opportunities. With this, this handles both those. You can get liquid, you have some cash on hand, and because you're not personally guaranteeing those loans, you have the ability to go back to, to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or your bank lenders because they'll work with you. That means your aggregate limit is, is gone up because you're not personally guaranteeing those loans you can go jump on stuff very, very quickly. And we're starting to see a lot more inquiries on that. So I'm, I'm going to encourage your listeners. I don't, I'm not a pushy salesperson, but I know what's about to happen. Hopefully it doesn't. Mm-hmm. In the next 90, 120 days, that equity could go just as, you know, 10 years is taking to increase the equity in properties. It could go just, you know, almost overnight. So just now like it's the time to go harvest that equity and, and, and put it into play. Right. Just like what we saw back in 2008, 2009, you know, it's almost, yeah. it seems like it's almost just like that all over again. But in, as you and I have both lived through that and owning property at that time, it's like, oh, some good, some not so good. But I love that. So yeah. when, and I just want to break this down a little bit. Um, so you're, we're harvesting that equity and maybe multiple, multiple properties that way. So let's say four or five. So I've got five properties. Yeah. I have some equity in each one of them, say I've got 10 grand in each one, you would do one loan for all five of those, grab that equity out, and then now I'm free from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, I'm free from those. I can go take that money and go and buy two or three or four more investment properties, well, four for residential, Mm -hmm. but I can go buy like four more. I just want to make sure that everybody's clear on that, that that's what you can do. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, you got a little bit of higher threshold as far as the equity in there to be able to do it. You're, you know, you're talking people that are maybe sitting on, they're probably 60% of the value right now, and the cash flow is strong. You still have to meet the, the cash flow requirements. It's a little different formula than, than I gave you, uh, uh, gave you guys earlier, but they're going to protect you as far as cash flow, and the cash flow is going to determine how much equity you can pull out. 
But once you harvest that equity across all the properties, where it's, you know, they'll blend it all together. So if you got more in one, unless the other, they'll, they'll go across the board, put one loan on this thing, you know, 75, I've even seen high 80% loan to value. Okay. All right. So are going to give you a check, net of expenses at closing. You can do whatever you want to with that. Right. Okay. Well, and that's what, because you, you know. you're, you're really, if people are in Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae and then they're in, you know, their regular bank loans, that's going to free you up to be able to go and and um, invest again in those type of loans. Yeah, because right now, I don't really kept up with it, but I believe it's nine Fannie Mae loans in, in your personal name. And then, I mean, a lot of people do like, hey, I've got nine in my name and you know, eight in my wife's and get a personal residence. And then you've done some stuff with your bank loans, which are on 20-year amortized loans. And, but you've got all these things you've personally signed for and personally guaranteed. Uh-huh. So that means if the you-know-what hits the fan and these things start getting called or they're, you know, they're in default and they can't sell for what you owe, they're coming after your personal residence and everything else. Uh-huh. It's a domino, reverse domino effect. It's kind of like a, a backstop is a per, you know, lack of the personal guarantee is what the backstop is. Now, with this strategy, you put it all together into one. It's in its own LLC. It's a special purpose entity. They're stopped. It's its own little asset bucket there. And as long as it's cash flowing, everyone's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful, very, very powerful thing. So you have the cash. All the Fannie Mae loans are off. All the, assuming they get all the, all the bank loans are off. Now, when a banker looks at you or Fannie or, or mortgage loan looks at you, you have you have an asset, which is the special purpose entity, mm-hmm. that net cash flow is going to be positive with no associated liabilities. Mm-hmm. I will have to, excuse entity. me, I'll have to tell you, I just yeah. learned something. I did not know you could have possibly five Fannie Mae's in your name. I did not know that. I thought it was only four or five. So there you go. I just learned but, something new today, well, too, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Well, and I don't know, it could change now, but it was, yeah, um, it I think it was up to nine. Um, I thought it was up to nine, but each lender has its own overlay. So depending on right. how big the bank is and how strong you are. Now, we'll tell you this. If you've done it, if you've got probably the three or four, that fourth and fifth one becomes exponentially harder. It's um, probably the first two or three, if you were strong buyers, pretty easy. You have 25% down, and then that fourth or fifth one, it becomes a lot more struggling. I don't know how people get to eight or nine. Yeah. Um, I, I was I just going to say, how does that know, happen? Because <laughs> I think I, I would think the same as you. It, it would get a lot harder as they go on. Yeah, it is. It harder. With this, the, the commercial lending over here, it's so much easier. Yeah. That's still, you know, it's still lending. There's still requirements you got to go do, and the lender is your friend, so they make sure that everything's in place. And the funny thing, there are some revelations as we start asking for documentation that people weren't cash flowing as well as they thought they were when they start filling out forms. Because they, mm-hmm. they see the cash flow coming in, they don't really count for it, you know, until like the end of the year. Like, oh, yeah, whatever, there we go. But then you actually put it on paper going, ooh, I'm a little tighter than I thought. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, there's some, there's some revelations there. That their attention gets called to to go, Make sure it's a profitable business, not just say, hey, I'm a, I own properties versus I'm an investor are two different mindsets and two different, Absolutely. you know, two different things. Yeah. Absolutely. As Russell Gray says, the numbers don't lie. And it's so true. I mean, there several years ago, I, I used to tout myself as an investor until I saw the numbers. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe yeah. not so much. 
So, and then I was just, you know, I just was, um, you know, going out and buying properties. But now when you really start and thinking about it and seriously getting into it, that's when you become the investor. You treat it as a business because that's exactly what it is, is a business. And there's so many aspects to it. And that's why I wanted you on here, Billy, because you, I haven't had anybody on here to talk about the commercial side of it. And we only have about two minutes until break, but I, that's really why I wanted to have you on today, just because there's so many different ways to look at loans and Billy's got such great, um, great avenues. And I think we touched on a little bit and we can touch on it when we come back after break, but that lazy equity and like you talked about, Mm -hmm. but I like how, was it you or somebody else that said, um, it's like your teenage kid laying on the couch eating chips or something. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to take credit for saying it. I have a friend that's Kevin White that, that said it. He's got a oh, very, yeah, that's it. you know, yeah. very Tennessee draw there, and it was hilarious uh-huh. the way he said it. Uh-huh. Um, it, it but I, I stole it from Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think it's brilliant. So, ladies and gentlemen, we come back after break. We've got lots more to talk about with Billy Brown. And his website is billybrown.me. It's as simple as that. And then um, when we come back after break, we're going to talk more and more about this. And, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. If you are looking for a dynamic speaker for your organization or event, I would love to speak at your venue. Hi, I'm Joe Hosman, the host of Go For It on Voice America. My topics range from starting your own virtual assistant business to living a triumphant life. Right now, one of my most popular topics is from my Women Empowerment series about support for today's women-built businesses and women in leadership. Visit my website, joehosman.com, or call 605-941-7969 for more information. Again, that's joehosman.com or 605-941-7969. Are you tired of being just the status quo? Are you tired of not earning what you are worth? Most of my clients have fear to blame for that. Overcoming fear and feeling empowered helps navigate you to becoming your better self. As one of my clients says, Joe, you are a shining light in a dark world. Wow, that says a lot. Let's get you going to becoming your better self and recognizing when fear and obstacles come into your life. We all have fear and we need to overcome it in order to go for it. Let's help propel you to live your best life. Contact me at joehosman.com. I have a special offer just for listeners of Go For It. Learn how to maximize your business through the art of a mastermind. Being in a mastermind group can help propel you farther in life and business. Plus, you can also help others in their life and business. A mastermind group is defined as a peer-to-peer mentoring concept used to help members solve their problems with input and advice from the other group members. Since you are listening to the show, there is a place for you in my next mastermind group. For more information, visit joehosman.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You 
listening to Go For It. To reach Joe Hausman with a comment or question about the show, please send an email to joe at joehausman.com. That's J-O at joehausman.com. Now, back to Go For It. Welcome back to Go For It. This is Joe with my wonderful guest, Billy Brown. We are talking about harvesting equity and now we're really going to talk about lending changes but billy i do want to send uh, uh read a text that i got from linda she says thanks to you and billy lunchtime on thursdays is always full of valuable information lauren who is her husband is enjoying it too so learning a lot and liking this content so there you go we're already changing oh, lives thank yeah. you so much i appreciate that linda yeah it's fantastic thanks for listening linda and uh, Linda's husband. So it's, yep. uh, Lauren, glad Lauren. It, glad yep. One person out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, there'll be lots more just sometimes during the live show and then it always goes to a podcast. And so it's, it really is valuable. So we're going to talk about harvesting equity. That's, I love that terminology, harvesting equity. And then with this coronavirus going on, what you see as the lending changes that are going on, because I'm not privy to that information. I mean, I kind of am, I kind of can guess, but since you are, talk to us about harvesting equity right now, and then also what you see as the lending changes. Yeah, so the the, the last part of the harvest equity is like, what does that look like in, in first terms of like, hey, this, this may not be for me, it's maybe for me. I can get a quote out pretty quick for, for somebody who has like multiple properties. Um, I'll be quite honest, if you got like a one-off type of thing, I'm probably not your guy to be able to, to work with, but um, plenty of information out there on my website to go you know, grab valuable content to go ask your, your lender. But across the multiple properties, I can definitely help you out. My actually personal property manager for my one property I have remaining, uh, we did it across his five properties, and they're actually able to go up to 80% cash out, mm-hmm. and we got him a check for $137,000. Mm-hmm. So that's real cash, and that's where the, the the people I think that need to understand as far as the rental properties. Well, I don't be a, I don't you know hundred dollars a month cash flow is not that important to me. Well, it's the equity in the properties where the money is at. It's not the cash flow. No one's going to be able to cash flow themselves way to you know uh, passive income and, and retired lifestyle. Rich, lifestyle is rich and famous. You're not going to be able to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. But it's the equity as you go start buying these things, you know, one, two, three, four, five, you do this, now you can buy 15 or 20, and then you do it again, then you get exponential. So it's the exponential growth by one start is what you need to look at there. So if anyone wants to do it on that ebook, it's just on my website, billybrown.me. There's an opt-in there. You can fill out your email address. I send it to you automatically, and it's, you, know, you, can, you can read through it. If you have questions, let me know. But now's the time to go, go do it because – if there are going to be foreclosures, we'll get to your next on the on the um, uh, the second part. Is one foreclosure next to your rental property, just or even your own property for your personal residence, it will destroy your value because it's a comparable sale. So with no, you know, it didn't, you didn't do anything bad at all. But if your neighbor forecloses for what's going on, your value goes down. Mm-hmm. Now you multiply that across five, ten, twenty properties in an area. You know, that's a lot of money that went just went away. Right, right. So exactly. it's almost like the stock market is like you know, it's uh, it, it goes pretty fast. Right. So that's to be cautious of. Like I'd say, go ahead and do it now if you're going to go do it. Yeah, and I totally you know, agree. But, if you're going to yeah, if you're going to do it now, I would because since the 
the future is unknown at this point. Um, definitely go ahead and grab that. And also, I want to give a shout out to your ebook. I have it, and I've read through it, and I really, really like it. It's called How to Access Existing Equity in Your Rentals and Expanding Your Investment Portfolio. So you just go to billybrown.me, and you can go right there and download this ebook. It really, really is good. It's easy to understand, and it's and he's also been featured on the Real Estate Guys Radio, which that's how we met is through um, their events that they have. And it really is, um, it really is so valuable to everybody. So I would definitely, Thank you so definitely, much. definitely. Appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Billy, like I said, that's why I wanted to have you on because you're so good at this and you know what you're doing you. with that. So when somebody has a question for you and they want to come to you, first of all, they go to Billy at BillyBrown.me. That's correct. That's my that's my email. Just uh, send it to him. It goes right straight to me. I don't have any other assistance this time. Just me. You got a question? Just send it to me. Uh, obviously, commercial lending or investing is is fine. I don't do res- um, personal residences. No Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac on the on the personal residences. I do do agency debt on the multifamily. Obviously, contact me about that. But just yeah, just shoot me an email. I'll be happy to help out. Okay, perfect. And I do have another question from Adrian. So they have yep. a fourplex and they have. So they have a fourplex, and then right next to them is a house that they want to eventually tear down and build, you know, build either um, uh, another fourplex or something like that. Is that something you would do to refinance maybe that fourplex and then help them with a loan to build that another fourplex, or is that something they have to go somewhere else for? Well, I'll tell you, it depends on the size, but more than likely, uh, what they probably want to do is go to their local community bank, mm-hmm. and the equity in that existing fourplex would be basically the down payment for the next one in the construction. They can cross-collateralize those and use that equity as a construction loan, uh, for the construction loan, and build up, and then there'd be a, a permanent loan in place after that, usually after 12 months or so. And they take uh, the existing fourplex and the new fourplex as collateral, usually 70% of the appraised value, so long as cash flow is there. Mm-hmm. And those are fairly easy to do with a local community bank. Okay, perfect. He says, thank you, thank you, thank you. That means a lot. And appreciate the information. So there you go. You're welcome, man. Thank you lives. so much. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I'm telling you, this is yeah. this is what it's all about, you know, and helping people. And a lot of times people are too scared to either call in or text in. So I'm always happy when they do because it then you know they're listening and they're really wanting to learn more and more about this. So hey, I'm, I just, the, I'm the guest and I'm terrified, so I can't imagine. <laughs> so I can call in to some expert, you know, they don't know. Well, you know what? I try to make it pretty easy for everybody to, you know, be able to, you know, come on the show and give their knowledge because, and I know you're just a wealth of knowledge and your wealth of information. And I know there's so much more we could talk about. And we have probably about four minutes until the end of the show. So let's talk about whatever you want to really explain to people. And what I always say is if, you know, if they haven't, if they haven't really heard anything, I don't know how they couldn't have, but what is it that you really want them to know all wrapped up in the next four minutes? Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so we already, yeah. So we already touched on the, uh, touched on what we think is the pending foreclosures with everyone losing basically time on jobs and all that. 
um, unless something st- steps in. So the value of your home right now is the highest it's going to be. If you haven't access to the equity of that right now, go ahead and try Go ahead and do it. Try to refinance it. Rates are really low. It may take you 60, 70 days to go do it, but go do it, grab it, grab the equity, and then sit on it. Um, don't make a move on it. Try to get as low as your ca- um, expenses as you can. Here's what I'm seeing as far as for the commercial lenders themselves. Everyone is saying it's business as usual, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, business as usual means they're trying to go in, but there's obstacles. Everyone out there, schools are closed. They have kids. The, the, product, the productivity is very, very low. I'm probably 30% of what I could be doing. Mm-hmm. And imagine underwriters and big corporations where you're working from home, you have kids, you're trying to keep them busy and work. It's just, I mean, it's just awful right now. Um, it's nice to be old kids. We're trying to do two things at once. It's not a whole lot of fun. So time-wise, it's going to take longer to go do this. Give grace. Appraisals, here's the other one I'm, I'm seeing as a, as a uh, possibility. If you're a tenant and a property is trying to refinance and some stranger shows up your house and wants to appraise your house, with all this buyer stuff going on, how likely do you think you're going to let that person in without some kind of assurances you're not tracking something in, whether found it or not? The appraisal management company is going to have to be able to communicate, like, what's going to happen during that appraisal, along with the property manager. That's on them. So appraisers and tenants trying to get their the, the houses appraised that they live in is going to take longer, even more than it has been. The third thing to keep in mind is even though rates are dropping, doesn't mean that rates are going to drop for you. And here's why is on the secondary market, all these billionaires have a bunch of cash ready to go buy performing notes and performing assets. There's a certain point at which they don't want to buy because they just go, well, they're going to buy a spread off the treasury secured by real estate or just buy from the treasury itself, which is a 100% guaranteed. Why take the risk? So there's a certain point which they're going to say, hey, that spread is not big enough. Over the treasury, I might as well just go buy the treasury bill. And, and go that route versus take, take the risk on it all. So you're going to start seeing a floor on the interest rates, and you're going to actually start seeing a, a raise um, on the private mortgage rates here pretty soon. Oh, okay. So now it's going to be the lowest time for you to be able to go, go do it. Okay, that's good um, to know. Yeah, so now's the time to go, go do it. Um, the other thing that you're going to know, notice out there is there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. Not foreclosures. There's going to be like uh, closings for lenders. Not oh. only on the, yeah, the bridge lenders out there because they were making a larger spread off of some stuff. No one wants to buy a house now, and you go have a cruise to go out there and flip something. Mm-hmm. It's very very difficult. So your your carrying costs are there. You're starting to see some inversions as far as like, hey, I've got too much into it versus how I can sell it. It's going to take two, three, four months to go sell this thing. They're going to basically be in foreclosure as well. More likely, these uh, bridge lenders are going to stop issuing loans, just go go bust. They just don't have any more loans to go do. Mortgage lenders themselves, unless they're, they're bigger, they're already on the teetering of it because their spreads are so low. They're volume lenders, and if the spread is too low, and there's not enough things closing because of, you know, what I just said before, appraisals coming in, time flow to get stuff done. Their cash flow dries up, just like any other business. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it normally takes you 30 days to get, you know, from start to finish. Now it takes you 75 days. Well, you still have two months there of expenses that you can't go recoup. Mm-hmm. So layoffs are going to happen, and you start seeing some of these mortgage lenders start to close up. So mm-hmm. now is the time to access this, this, uh, this equity. Be prepared for when these loans are going to come, uh, these uh, properties are going to come up for sale. Get liquid the best you can because there's going to be some deals. Don't go, you know, 80 cents of the dollar. It's going to be a steeper, there's going to be a much steeper uh, sale than you think. Don't settle for 80%. It's probably going to be like 40%, 40% off, uh, off retail. Wow. So those are my, my, my things right there to, to tell you right off the bat. Now, hopefully it didn't scare everybody. This is not going to last forever. Right. When it comes back, it's going to come back with a vengeance because there is energy in the form of dollars sitting on the sideline. Money is, money is energy. We know this. Money mm-hmm. is energy. Mm-hmm. It is sitting on the sideline ready to be deployed. The energy of the people. I mean, you imagine everyone out there is kind of like that wants to go on vacation. They want to work. They want to, they want to produce is sitting on the sideline. Imagine when we have this, everything like cleared off, ready to go. It's going to explode like you've never seen before. This is not a long-term thing. You just got to get through this short-term which could last a little bit. It could be six months to be able to get through the kind of down cycle and we send some residuals off of that. But it is going to explode up in a very, very big way. So just yes. hold on. That's hold awesome. On Billy, so, that is awesome yeah. That because I feel the exact same. It's just going to explode. And thank you for that great information too, um, especially yeah. with lending changes because that is that is so crucial. But unfortunately, we've come to the end of our show and I just thank you so much. Again, go to billybrown.me and download his, his ebook there. That is so fantastic. I have taken such great information from that. And, of course, I took great information from the show today, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, to reach your full potential of becoming bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day, you can also check out my website, johosman.com. And if you want to get in contact with Billy, you can also email me, joe at joehosman.com, and then I can send it off to him. But always remember, even during these uh, trying times right now, but in everyday life, you are stronger than what you give yourself credit for. So go out and be great today. Be great always. And along the way, show some kindness and love wherever you go. Right now, the world needs more of that. All right? So be a blessing to others. Have a great week. God bless. And we're going to see you here next week for another exciting show. Thank you for listening to Go For It. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Joe Hausman, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great day and an even better week.